Alex Austin, proud member of Columbia too. Really just thrilled that our lodge and with the help of our sister lodge, we were able to raise some $27,000 for the Vancouver Island Crisis Line at our fourth annual disc golf tournament. Welcome to the Modern Goat Rider podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to emphasize the opinions expressed by our hosts and guests are strictly their own and do not represent the positions of any lodge, grand lodge, or other branches of the Independent Order of Oddfellows. Fascinating conversations will be open to the public for the purposes of inspiring our global membership, promoting the order. So sit back, open your ears, and your heart in your hand while I introduce you to our hosts. Welcome to the Modern Goat Rider Podcast. I'm Billy Sanderson. And I'm Josh Miller. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing really great. Yeah, feeling uh, feeling frisky, feeling light. Uh, people, if listeners remember, I've been on an eight-week uh, transformative diet. Mm-hmm. Lost five pounds the first week, three pounds the second week. It's getting easier and easier. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Yeah, we're in person today. We're uh, sitting in uh, Studio FLT version four, version two, I can't remember which one it is, but um, Josh looks great. Josh looks great. He's, he's beaming. He's beaming. Thanks, Billy. I appreciate that. I'm fe- yeah, I'm feeling svelte. I'm, I, I, I'm seeing it in my face, which is a nice place to see it. Um, and I really recommend everybody just, uh, you know, look after themselves. Yeah. It feels good. Gar- uh, Gar- what is it we should say? We should say your body's a temple, right? And you should treat it that way. Yes, your body is uh, your lodge. Body is your lodge. <laughs> <laughs> and you need, to, you need to give to your lodge and, so that you can take from your lodge. There you <laughs> go. How's that? That's fantastic. Uh, so we are, uh, we're together and we're going to be doing a Zoom call with a, uh, a Facebook friend connection of mine. Uh, I don't know this person that well, so this is going to be interesting to get to know them, but it is... Erwin Koopmans and Erwin is in the Netherlands and uh, we thought we would be uh, connecting with him to be our first uh, cross-Atlantic uh, guest on our uh, podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about um, kind of the differences between Odd Fellowship in Europe right. and Odd Fellowship here. Yeah, cool. So um, we are going to go into that uh, when we are able to connect with uh, Irwin here, but I do want to catch a email, which is also a transatlantic uh, message we received. All right, so the email is from David Alton, uh, who's uh, connected to us through our Facebook uh, page. Uh, so just as a reminder to everybody, that's Modern Goat Rider and Odd Fellows Podcast. Uh, it says, thank you for your podcast. I find them very interesting. As a member of the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, one word, Manchester Unity, I recognize that the order in Great Britain has lost so much of its ritual and symbolism in comparison to the U.S. and Canada. I didn't know that. Who did it? Who knew this? This is fascinating. So, uh, David, if you are listening to us today, watch out. We may be calling you soon. Yeah, we'd really like to hear about um, yeah, what's going on in the rest of Europe. Uh, and, and we are surprised that... Uh, about that comment of the loss of ritualism and symbolism, or ritual and symbolism. Um, yeah, I've yeah. never thought that. Yeah, and why is Odd Fellows one word rather than two words? Uh, that just... That's the way the Manchester Unity's always spelt it. Interesting, and why did it change? 
to two words? I have probably something to do with 1,800 Americans. Those 1,800 Americans? So, yeah, yeah and, and as, you know, I've discovered that the Manchester Unity in the 1890s and uh, well, earlier, um, in Victoria, there were four Manchester United Un, sorry, Manchester Unity Lodges that were called the COOF, the Canadian Oddfell, Order of Oddfellows, and uh, they were simultaneously running while the Columbia Lodge Number Two and and Victoria One and Dominion Number Four were all active in Victoria. So there was <laughs> multiple sides of the Oddfellows Order in the city, and the Canadian uh, Independent Order of Oddfellows. Never, it never su- survived. No. Was it, um, was it uh, merged? Trying to figure that out. I've been connecting with some people online um, who know a bit more about it in Ontario. Um, so maybe there's a history lesson in the future. I'd like to hear about that. It also is remarkable how many odd fellows there were in Victoria at that oh, yeah. time. If there's like seven, eight, nine lodges yeah. all active all at the same time within a small, I mean, oh, yeah. Victoria wasn't big. No, not at all. And uh, if you go on to um, the British colonists uh, scanned web um, newspapers, which was a project by UVic, you can find it online. And, uh, and if you just look up the Fernwood Lodge, the Fernwood Lodge is this uh, lodge that is was located right at the end of the uh, streetcar line at the Fernwood Pub, hmm. basically. And so the lodge was, their lodge hall was there, and you can read all about the ruckus parties. They had quite a few parties there. That's where um, the partying in Fernwood's all started. That's right, at the pub, yeah. And, uh, and it's right at the end of the line, so you would take the line out of downtown where most people were working and living and they would get off and then take the last train back in, or car back into town incredible funky fernwood funky the history fernwood. of oddfellows never changed no all right so uh we'll segue into our chat with Irwin. okay and just everybody out there remember to um hit that subscribe button on your podcast uh if you're hearing this please rate us and um uh send us a message we'd love to hear from you uh, thanks so much for listening, and here we go. So we're sitting here with Erwin uh, Koopmans. Uh, he is a brother uh, from another mother, uh, an odd fellow from the Netherlands. Erwin, can you just give us your sort of who you are, the lodge you belong to, and a kind of a history of how you got into the odd fellows and what it's been like for you? Oh, that's uh, a long story. So. Uh if you have a couple of hours. Um, I want to become a Freemason. And uh, uh, in Holland, the Freemasonry is more an elite group. So uh, you have to have a big wallet, if you know what I mean. Um, so the introducing to the, uh, 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 the Freemasonry um, didn't become anything. So at some day, uh, a brother of the Oddfellows uh, introduced me to the lodge. So I went to the lodge and I've um, uh, been there for a couple of times and uh, I liked it much. So uh, I joined the uh, Old Fellows and I'm a member for eight years now. So that's the history of becoming an Old Fellow. And so the name of your lodge is? The Graafschap Loge 52 in Zutphen. And that is a town just outside of Amsterdam, or? (laughs) 
It's about uh, 100 uh, kilometers east from Amsterdam. Okay, okay. So uh, it's about an, an hour, hour drive. And what um, position do you hold right now in your lodge? Uh, I'm a music master. So uh, uh, our gatherings uh, weekly and uh, sometimes I have to uh, uh, do the music and, and that's my position right now. When you do the music, do you um, do you actually play an instrument or do you just play recorded music? I have my uh, Spotify uh, uh, list of music and uh, mostly it's uh, classical music. Uh, but uh, for about a year, I'm now music master uh, and um, I want to turn the table a little bit. So introduce uh, some uh, modern music, still classic, uh, easy going, easy listening but uh, still uh, classical music. We've shared before this recording started, we shared some questions that we wanted to yeah. kind of spread across. So we're going to turn this uh, into a bit of a round table and so forth. But I do have a question about your uh, introduction to the Oddfellows. Were you going, obviously, as a non-member, you were going to open meetings or were you just yeah. going to socials? Yeah, uh, we have uh, six times per year. Uh, we have open meetings, so you have to uh, introduce some people to come by uh, if they're interesting or, or tell uh, the public, make announcements by advertising. Mm -hmm. There's open, huh. open meetings. How many members are in your lodge? Uh, our lodge is about uh, 45. 45. Okay. And you guys meet and, uh, every week? And every week, yeah. Christmas, but during the corona, <laughs> no, we have we, we have recessions, so uh, uh, there is uh, some uh, summertime and the winter time. There's a couple of weeks, uh, and sometimes about two months, uh, we don't have meetings. But when you guys are when when lodges open, you guys are meeting every week, every week, week in yeah. week out. Yeah. 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 Our meetings are twice a month. So uh, this is very typical in North America to have your meetings um, either on the first and third uh, weekday or the second and fourth. So uh, our lodge are, is sharing the building. So the uh, the lodges are meeting on different weeks and in different days. Um, and even when we had uh, in the 1800s, when our lodge building was used by five lodges, one of the lodges wanted the same night, and they were meeting weekly back then. So they had to actually rent another building, even yeah. though the uh, they the, there was five lodges and they all wanted to meet on one of the four nights. So yeah, nobody wanted to meet on a Friday. Yeah, every Thursday we have the meetings. So uh... in your dis. In Holland, uh, and I'm going to mess this up a few times. So to everybody's uh, benefit, I looked this up on a travel site for the Netherlands. And mm. uh, just so I get the three terms properly classified. So Holland refers to two of the provinces in the country. And the country we should refer to as the Netherlands. Correct. Yeah. And when we use the word... Uh, Dutch, we're referring to the people, correct? The Dutch is also the language, the Dutch also. people. Okay. So yeah. for this, uh, for your, for the Netherlands, it's part of the Grand Lodge of Europe, correct? Yeah, correct. And you online, have, uh, some, yeah. Oh, you go ahead, you go ahead. 
Okay, uh, uh, the, you have the grant uh, uh, sovereign large uh, of uh, uh, um, all, all the largest together uh, in Europe. Uh, there's the sovereign large, and the Netherlands and Belgium. For two years ago, uh, uh, the Belgium large is closest. This was Antwerp. Mm. Uh, we were together, so it was called the. Belgia Lodge and uh, the Netherlands have several jurisdictions uh, in the country and uh, we are part of uh, the east uh, called uh, the ISIL district and so we have several dis districts in Holland and uh, the districts has our districts has uh, about seven lodges across uh, the district so Arnhem uh, Zutphen, Apeldoorn, uh, Enschede, Hengelo. So it's a couple of towns, approximately uh, 50 kilometers uh, across the district. Okay. I've been to Enschede. Have you? Yeah, when I was 19 years old, uh, I was traveling around Europe and a friend of mine's godparents lived in Enschede and I went and visited them. Yeah. They, they didn't speak okay. English. I didn't speak Dutch. Uh, so it was kind of a short visit uh, with a lot of uh, hand-waving. Did you have lunch? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I had lunch, dinner, and breakfast, and then left that day. The next day, it was great. I have to think uh, all all day in English uh, today, so I have to uh, switch. You're doing in, great. In the English uh, language. Yeah, okay. you're doing great. <laughs> <Phew>. <laughs> so, uh, for anyone listeners, uh, going to the Grand Lodge of Europe website. Uh, so, if you go to oddfellows.eu. Nl. Uh, no EU for the Europe, okay, and sorry. they have a great history um, of okay. explaining how the development of the Grand Lodge came, and even the the cut and paste statements from the Sovereign Grand Lodge in the U.S. Yeah. Um, yes. But I want to point out to anybody who's doing website work uh, for their Grand Lodge or even for their lodge, if you go to oddfellows.nl for the Netherlands webpage. They're about history and what the law, what the order is about for them, I think is exceptional. Um, they ask a lot, they have a FAQ and explaining kind of the associate, the uh, differences, Freemasonry, how it's different. And it is a really great resource for someone who just says, what is this about? And I think this is vital for grant lodges and local lodges to have a good what is this about? Because if we just point new people or curious people to a web page with uh, pictures of events, um, you know, a bunch of people at this event or whatever, that's really important, but we're missing a big part of that. So I, I implore everybody to, to kind of check this out and to follow the, li uh, the links and the, the pages there, because I thought it was great. I don't know if you, you've been nodding your head, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you agree. But yeah. the um, it, it, do you find that you're growing well in your lodges or in the, the country? Uh, the average age, age uh, in, in our lodge is about uh, 78. Wow. Wow. Okay. And I am 44 and um, I am one of the youngest in our lodge. And uh, if, if, if someone wants to become an, an art fellow in the Netherlands, 
often, often, not not all the time, but often they are older, uh, about 60 plus uh, at the end of their working career. So they want to sit down, still want to, something to do, uh, uh, development, uh, uh, share, learn, still learn. That's that's more how it's in the Netherlands. It's it's, it's becoming in a little bit older art fellows. Do you guys try to attract younger people, or is it mainly like? Are you still even though it's an older group? Are you still attracting new members every year? We're trying. Uh, it's hard. Uh, young people uh, uh, like mine. It's a dedication. Uh, I'm 44. I have two kids and a, and, and a girlfriend and uh, work. And uh, I, I don't always have the time. Be, what I like to uh, stick into it. I, I Especially like to, with uh, the expectations of weekly meetings. Yeah. It, yeah. Maybe that's a clarification that we need to understand is uh, in North America, quite often lodges uh, focus on one of the three kind of areas, either they're very charity based, doing mm. events and fundraising, maybe they're more social. Um, so more of the connection to each other at their events. Um, you know, the pool table and the card room are busy, uh, all, you know, all the time. Or it's mm. about learning and about improving yourself. Uh, so lodges don't tend to have all three of those covered really well, but they attract different ages for each of those. And so the social, we, when you have the social side, you can attract younger and older, not always to the yeah. same event, but you, you have that one thing that you sort of bring people in. And maybe I'm talking a bit about previous episodes where we've said, you know, an event is the greatest way to introduce someone to your hall, but yeah. then it takes a lot of work to kind of, ex to give the rest of the story of Oddfellows. And maybe for what I'm trying to get to is, is how, how you introduce someone to Oddfellows. Like when you were introduced, we'll use you as the example of the young person. Yeah. It was about growing and about uh, finding more because you were considering Freemasonry. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit, little story about my uh, introducing the, uh, to the Odd Fellows. I want to become, uh, at first I want to become an, uh, a Freemason. Uh, uh, I'm a builder, so a uh, lot, lot of the, the rituals in uh, Freemasonry is similar in the building history. Uh, so that's attracting me too. Uh, the Freemasonry, but I don't have the connection with Freemasonry, more with people. So Art Fellows is the next step to uh, uh, developing uh, a Catholic. So so uh, I used to be a Catholic. I don't practice religion anymore, and um, uh, uh, but still search, uh, de uh, develop, yeah, uh, uh, making myself better, I guess, and making other better. Do you guys do fundraising for the community around you? Uh, we have some uh, uh, financial, we, we have to pay uh, a year, eh? uh, the, our contribution. And, uh, and from that money, we give money to uh, charity. So fundraising, not that quite. 
So you don't necessarily have a function where you sell tickets to the public to um, create funds to give to charity. You only take your dues and what's left over from your dues, that's dues. what you donate okay. to charity. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. It's about uh, in dollars. I, I guess so and so $1,500 a year we give to charity. How much are your dues? Some, per some year? Of it, some, it's about, I'm guessing $250 a year. Okay. And your hall where you meet, it's a building that yeah. is a dedicated Oddfellows building or is it? Yeah. It, the building itself has one, two, three levels. Uh, the first level is for our, and the second level are uh, renters. And the first floor is uh, also rented to uh, a company. But the building is ours. Do you guys wear tuxedos at meetings? Like uh, people yeah. in... Uh, do you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell us about... If you get it, uh, to introduce the, to the, the... We have a special meeting. I don't uh, know if you do. But uh, uh, we have a special meeting. We say goodbye to our brother in, uh, in, a, in a special ritual. And if you become a, an old fellow, if you are graded to another level in, in the old fellow, you have to wear a tuxedo. So that's for a degree, like your degrees, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So how many times a year would you wear your tuxedo out of all your meetings? Uh, in normal times, yeah, that's a, uh, it's about uh, four, five, six, maybe uh, 10 times a year. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. rest of the time, do you do you wear um, blazers or suits? Just regular suits? Uh, normal clothes. Normal so clothes. Casual clothes? Yeah, yeah. Wow, we see these photos of um, the uh, the lodge working in uh, in Europe, and mm -hmm. uh, quite often they're showing the, the the everyone very suited up, and then yeah. North America. You know, there'll be a lodge meeting in a, uh, they'll be very casual, uh, jeans, yeah. t-shirts, biker gear, yeah. biker gear. <laughs> um, so what is the impression of uh, North American odd fellows? And uh, when you see it, when you see photos of uh, people in North America lodges? I follow uh, to the socials. Uh, I follow you around the world. Uh, uh, but especially in uh, America or uh, the Northern States or Canada or whatever, uh, um, young people who's becoming to, to, to be in our fellowship. But uh, the big difference between you, uh, you guys over there and, and us is over there, I'm guessing it's, it's more uh, a, a social club and uh, do, do your charity work. And uh, in Europe, it's more development and not that open to the public. That's the big difference. Right. right. I would say the word exclusive where North America has pushed for membership growth. Yeah. And by uh, pushing for growth, we have... Uh, many lodges have chosen to be very open and um, sort of show that we are not a secret society with intentions of taking over the government, which uh, some other fraternal organizations that are fictitious or real um, yeah. are believed. 
to be doing. Um, so we open the doors quite often to socials, as I said, to attract people. And then to keep people, we have to work hard to find what their interest is and to if they're interested in personal development and, and improvement, like it sounds like Europe is, mm-hmm. um, the lodge has to be ready to, to do that. And if the lodge doesn't have people working on that, those, those uh, interested people do not become members. They just go and wait somewhere else or take mm-hmm. up another organization. Yeah. So do you, so this might be the, the, the polarity between the two is that mm-hmm. there's somewhere in between that you get the most interest if you have for Victoria, it's about charity. Victoria mm-hmm. is very much about charity. We, we do our events for uh, raising money for the community mm-hmm. and that makes both young and people our age of our generation, Josh, yeah, <laughs> to, uh, to enjoy events and enjoy odd fellowship. But um, what would be your assessment of growing your lodge? If you, if you're fearful, a lodge with an average age in the seventies will run out of members in the next five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. Do you have a a decision or a, a plan to grow your membership? I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but uh, uh, for the future, it's it's definitely a problem. Uh, we have a new grandmaster, so uh, maybe his plan is to do his work on that, on that side and, and, uh, and introduce. Uh, I, told, I told my members of, of my lodge, I told them, um, go, go on public. Get your stand on on the marketplace. Share a balloon, share a, a, a pen with with the art fellows, or talk more about the art fellows. Do some advertising. It's still uh, more an, a social club, and uh, they don't want to go out in public. Do you think that your lodge or lodges in Europe are more willing to die than to change it's 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 the the old ways i'm guessing it's the difference between the old ways and the new way uh, i told you i i was a music master i want to introduce some new music and not necessarily uh, always the old music always uh, 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 the classical music more uh, uh, more new things and they are sticking to the old, the old way of the art fellows, not necessarily go uh, uh, go go on out on the street and, and make new a, a new introductions. Oh, yeah. So, Erwin, what do you think the reaction would be? My intention is to get your under your uh, perspective and not mm-hmm. get you not get you in trouble with anyone when I ask this question. So oh, I, I don't think anything about okay, that. Okay, good. <laughs> what would you believe that the Grand Lodge and your sorry, your Grandmaster would disapprove and not approve of a new lodge that said, "Okay, we want a new lodge with young people." Do you think that instead of watching lodges die, starting new lodges with new people would be a good? Uh, move for the Netherlands and be accepted? 
I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm guessing it's it's uh, uh, what is important to the people. The Dutch are easygoing people, so uh, they don't want funny things around them, uh, uh, like uh, uh, Freemasonry or Odd Fellows or Roundtable or uh, uh, Rotary or uh, all, all the social clubs are shrinking because uh, they don't have time anymore. Uh, people don't have time time anymore to, to meet, to go to meetings. And um, and if we introduce a new kind of odd fellow way, yeah, it's, it's rewriting. Hey, Erwin, do you have any questions for us? Yeah, I don't have uh, an answer to the ghost riders. Okay, so what's the question? <laughs> yeah. The, the goat radish, the term? Okay, so the term is a very old term from the initiation ceremony. Mm -hmm. It was rumored that in North America, one of the initiations for Freemasonry and for Odd Fellows was that you had to ride a goat as a candidate. You would be blindfolded. Um, ah. You would probably have drank many pints of beer Mm -hmm. And then you would be put on a live or a mechanical goat uh -huh. and, um, and the lodge would make you ride around on this device or this goat. Mm -hmm. And so the term riding the goat became common term for being initiated into odd fellowship. Uh -huh. um, and so we just took the name because uh, it's evocative. Exactly. But it yeah. also uh, has a great acronym, <laughs> MGR. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, we think that in a way, we're kind of reinitiating ourselves with COVID right now. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't had meetings. So this podcast is to sort of reinitiate ourselves yeah. in a modern way of uh, what we do. Cool. So that's that, the real reason. That's, for the, it. that's the quick elevator pitch. It's a pretty okay. long elevator ride. <laughs> it is a little bit. <laughs> okay, and you see the, uh, the the modern goat rider is is that uh, the the new odd fellow? Is that? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a different perspective on odd fellowship. We are um, we really want to see odd fellowship thrive in our community, in our country, around the world, and I think both Billy and I recognize the fact that you know, uh, people expect different things now out of their mm -hmm. service clubs or their fraternal orders and being afraid to change or uh, get with the times um, could lead to seeing its demise. And it's something that we don't want to see. For me, that's uh, yeah, part okay. of it. And our lodge, Columbia Lodge number two has, uh, well, before COVID, uh, we had we were over 90 members paid for 2019. Mm -hmm. And when we uh, take the average age, the average age was uh, below 50 years old. So it was probably close to 46 or 48 as the average age for our membership. Okay. Our members in Columbia too are all men. Mm -hmm. um, and in Bastion Lodge number four, which is a women's lodge. It's not a Rebecca Lodge. It's an Odd Fellows Women's Lodge. 
uh, first instituted in North America. It's here in Victoria. Um, they have around 48 members and their average age is uh, definitely in the high 30s to right around 40 or 41. Um, so this is the modern odd fellow is, uh, is younger. You know, to be frank, we run the risk that we are too young and too social, um, but not card playing social uh, and coffee and tea drinking social. Um, where we might see a seniors lodge be, we might be having a little too much fun. Our events, are, our charity events are very large, 100 plus people. Ticket wow. prices can range from 40 to uh, $250, depending on the event. And, uh, and so it's a different look. Probably close, very, I would say it's actually different than now, but closer to what it would have been in the 1890s and the 1900s when Oddfellows was booming mm -hmm. with new young people joining. The, um, there wasn't television. There wasn't internet. There was barely radio. Um, you know, the, the idea of a lodge and a hall being the center for the community meant you had to be social and young um, and not just uh, drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes and playing cards which was the law our our lodge uh, 20 years ago yeah i mean our lodge you know is very close to dying out and okay it was it wasn't if it wasn't for the resurgence among sort of you know 35 year old men 10 years ago it could easily have died out because a lot there was a lot of neglect in bringing in new members for for many years but what we found is that because people don't join odd fellows for uh, benefits like mm -hmm. medical or, you know, funeral costs, that kind of thing. We had to open it up to another reason to join. And it's not just to, you know, learn how things were done 200 years ago. Um, we find that a lot of people, they want to do good in their mm -hmm. community, but they also, they want to have fun doing it. So if we can offer them both, and also some crazy ritual and some really fun traditions with a beautiful lodge and, and all the friendship, love and truth that you can muster within a group. We found that it's something that people are now seeking us out for. We do very little recruiting other than, other than our, our events. Mm -hmm. And we find that uh, it's become such a thing in our city that we have people knocking down our doors to join. And we actually have to send some away. We've averaged over 10 new initiates a year for the past wow. five, six years. And what we've found is that, you know, people want, there's, there's a hole in their life, you know, and, and they've, they haven't found what, they haven't found it in other places because um, there can be a lot of restrictions with the, with uh, the possibilities of, of charity work. So yeah. by, giving them a little bit of space and a little bit of fun and, a, you know, but still doing well. I mean, we can, we raise, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in a night uh, in some instances. Yeah. Just by <laughs> having a good old time. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's okay. kind of, that's, that's sort of what's working for us, you know? So. so you don't do fundraising, but in the United States is different than Canada. All the lodges in the United States are, can be classified as registered charities. And mm -hmm. therefore, can take donations just 
as a as a lodge mm -hmm. and that way they can so you can say uh you can donate to your lodge over and above your dues and get a mm -hmm. tax receipt mm -hmm. um, in canada we can't do that so is that something similar in in europe that you are registered as a charitable organization or i really don't know i you can tell know. you that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the, in work, the workings of the tax system in the, the european union yes yeah. you know completely different any other questions erwin no i'm guessing it's uh, the big difference between you and me is is uh, you you are working for charity and i'm working for myself as an old fellow that's i'm guessing the big difference I, I i think so i think you would find the dedication of the general member who's not in encampment like mm. just the general odd fellow member would be that would be accurate the odd fellows there's a motto that i haven't seen in a lot of places but i've heard people speak this way and it's about becoming a better person by doing good work for your community is sort of how the phrase goes mm -hmm. as opposed to um, what we understand in Freemasonry and in others where there's a study to become a better person. Mm -hmm. um, Odd fellows learn through the work we do in North America more so. So the ritual, the lessons, the community work, the, the work we do for our brothers and sisters, um, but if you said, uh, I joined odd fellows so I could be a better public speaker or I could be a better leader in my community, you, there wouldn't be a class on that or a mentorship. You would have to learn it kind of on your, as you go. I know Toastmasters is, was part of a Mason, uh, Masonic Freemasonry, you know, mm -hmm. way, way back. So Toastmasters in North America usually will run through a community like Rotary or even my company has Toastmasters. So yeah. there's ways to learn everywhere. Is that the kind of personal development that you're talking about when, you, when you're talking about working for yourself? Yeah, personal development is uh, a, a big issue. Uh, so, so if you uh, want to become a better person, you have to listen. Uh, and if you listen, you learn and you became became a, a, a better person than before another who brother <laughs> are you listening to yeah. elders or people who've been members longer or is that yeah 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 okay but a, a similar age uh, also uh, learn from each other not teach but learn listen and learn that's more the uh, the, the way of the art fellow in the netherlands it should be like that mm -hmm. it, so we had a we had a letter from a gentleman uh, in England, and mm -hmm. he said that that there was a reduction of ritual and tradition happening in lodges in his part of Europe. Do you see mm -hmm. that? Is that because that's kind of different than what you're what you describing to us a little bit in that you guys are maintaining your ritual and the traditions to the to possibly your detriment, whereas in England, um, they're seeing some uh, full reduction of uh, tradition and ritual. ritual. Does that make sense? Uh, I, I can't speak for the, uh, the English, uh, but uh, um, I'm guessing it is like that. Uh, it, it's more 
it's more becoming uh, the the old ways are more important than the new ways. Yeah, I'm guessing it's like that. So so if the the old way is the old way, and want want to preserve that and not go for open-minded and uh, not going out of the door. They're, mm. they're, they're all old people, so so uh, they don't want to go uh, outside anymore. If, if there's a brother who's 80, uh, he, don't, he, he don't want to go fundraise uh, at uh, one of the uh, whatever. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense that's, the aging lodge that they don't do as much fundraising. You know, well, it, sounds, it takes energy. Yeah, and it sounds a lot like the story that Becky told about the Rebecca's. Mm -hmm. the The group in the Rebecca's was very concerned about the tradition. Mm -hmm. And again, not not that that's bad or that's not the right way. It's uh, if you're going to have a plan to grow and serve, have your order survive past the eighty year olds who are members now, you need a view that you know people younger than us uh Irwin's the same age mm -hmm. in the general age, age of uh Josh and I so you mm -hmm. know we have to have to look even younger if you expect it to last 50 years but if you're yeah. just thinking 20 years then you just keep this turnover of 45 year olds whose kids don't need their homework help anymore um mm -hmm. and so they have time Mm -hmm. um, and that they're going to join a, a an order where you can still you know learn, you can still mm -hmm. achieve personal growth. Um, it's interesting. It's different, and it's interesting. And it's not that it's there's any worse or better ways of doing it. It's just that's what Oddfellows is. Oddfellows is different everywhere we go, everywhere we talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But th that that's the main difference. Uh, the Netherlands has about uh, 17 million uh, people living here. And uh, I'm guessing in Canada, in, in Montreal, or, or it's, it's the same amount of people who live there. And it's, 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 uh, it's, it's like going to church. Uh, uh, if you are born in, uh, in, in, in a family where church is number two, on Sunday, or are you uh, born in a, in a family where church is number one? My religion, uh, I, I don't believe anymore, but I do believe in a higher higher cause. So, you know music master, we're yeah. going to change the subject. Yeah, let's. Uh, okay. Um, I want you to either sing us a song in Dutch. <laughs> okay, one of one of you well, some new song or play something from your Spotify list for us. Um, <laughs> we, we need we need uh, I need I need an influx of um, the Dutch language and uh, some some music from the music master of uh, your lodge. <laughs> oh my God! And uh, do you want to hear a, a, a song that you uh, want to play at lodge? Yeah. Oh, at the lodge. I want oh. to hear when you that you want to change to. You want to be progressive. So what is okay. your pick? Okay, this is my pick. Uh, this is scrolling. scrolling. Can you hear it? Turn it up. Turn it up. The 
This is quite progressive. So it's. It's Dutch. So this is. Uh, What's he saying? The song is about uh, Papa, uh, Dad. I have the same hands, have the same eyes, but different view in, in life. Uh, you believe in God, and I don't believe in anything. So you go to heaven, and I go to nothing. <laughs> That's uh, the song about. Interesting. Yeah. I could see why people wouldn't be that interested in a change like that. No, it's better than Beethoven's number second, uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh... Absolutely. So, um, Erwin, we've got this late start and technology working against yeah. us. So thanks very much for joining us. We learned quite a bit about uh, Oddfellows in the Netherlands. Yeah, I can't wait to go, but I have to buy a tuxedo. Yeah. And, Do you guys have any, yeah. have any spare tuxedos just kicking around in the hall for visiting Oddfellows? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, no Line problem. Me up for 38 short. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a 40 short. <laughs> you got two, so, short, two short ones. <laughs> Yeah, you have to do the international password. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. have to learn that. Do you know what it is? Don't tell me. Don't say it. Yeah. But do you know what yeah. it is? Uh, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll all find that out before me and Billy come and visit, okay? Uh, okay. No problem. Okay. You're welcome right, uh, to stay uh, at uh, our home. That's very nice. And I'll extend exactly the same offer to you. So, um, yeah. Please come and visit sometime, and uh, when we uh, when we all are happy and mask free. Yeah. Thanks for everything, yeah. everyone. Okay. Have a great day. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Josh and I want to thank Irwin for doing such a great job on the interview today. The man spent the whole day speaking Dutch and then had to switch over to English for just our interview. We hope you enjoyed discovering the similarities and differences between. Irwin's jurisdiction in North America. Oddfellows discoveries happen for us all, all the time, and this podcast is doing a great job of highlighting them. Please join us again when Josh and I tackle the next Oddfellow discovery in our journey. Cheers, NFLT.